this morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Wilson goes out of the gun. Boone's his uh, tail back to the left. Three receivers deploy to the right side. Ball between the hash marks for Wilson out of the gun. Takes a snap. Good protection. The Colts bring a late blitz. Pick. He fires it downfield. Off his back foot. Rodney Thomas picks it off. Here he comes. 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. And he stumbles on the return across the 40-yard line. Russell Wilson, he was feeling a late pressure by the Colts. Threw it off his back foot and just hurled the ball down the field. Nobody for Denver down the field. Rodney Thomas playing safety picks it off. Yeah, the man making that interceptions on the Payless Liquors Hotline right now with us here on the Wake Up Call on the fan. His name is Rodney Thomas. He's a cold safety going in to year number two. And Rodney, uh, three things. Number one, good morning. Number two, it has to feel really good uh, to hear all those boos uh, in an opposing <laughs> stadium when you get an interception. Uh, and and Rodney, you're my friend. I was at the Colts luncheon table with you. <laughs> you're my uh, friend. Uh, it was my third day ever on the on the on the job and we ate garlic bread together so that's our connection that's my connection uh with you rodney how you doing man what's going on thanks for joining us no problem thanks for having me i'm doing good how you doing man we're doing fantastic uh what do you remember about that game that's the denver game that interception on russ wilson oh yeah no i just remember uh, thursday night it was late game up under the lights and stuff it was real good to be out there I'm glad you asked him that and not. What do you remember about passing the bread to me at lunch a couple weeks ago? So thank you. The for, ranch, the for, extra ranch dressing. <laughs> for going there. As we said to lead off the show, certainly one of the individual highlights from last year, it was Rodney Thomas, the seventh-round pick out of Yale, becoming a starter. Uh, Rodney, I, I want to go back to that Kansas City game, which I guess would have been maybe the week before the Denver game, maybe two weeks before. Um, you, you, you hadn't really played the first couple games of the season. And then I think Julian Blackman, feel free to – refresh my memory. I think Julian got hurt early on in that Kansas City game and you go in there against Patrick Mahomes inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Just walk me through like that part of the game. It's not like you prepared the whole week necessarily to be like, I know I'm playing 100% of the snaps. So uh, what was that moment like when you had to go into the game against you know one of the best quarterbacks in the league? I mean, like you said, like you just like you don't know when you're gonna go in. You don't know like how much snaps you're gonna play. But like you gotta prepare the same way, just as if you were a starter. Because like for like for reasons like that, you don't know like what can happen. So boom, like, he got banged up a little bit, and then it, it just had to throw me right in there. But like there couldn't be no drop off. Like there couldn't be no like downside. Like it had to just be the same same level of play uh, with me in there as it was with JB in there. I'm just trying to go in there and just make the plays. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't Mahomes test you early in that one? <laughs> uh, yeah. He, Probably a couple of times, really, probably, really have no idea. But I remember, like, it was like, like the play, like everybody talks about, was like, was like pretty, like early on. Rodney Thomas with us here on the fan. Uh, Rodney, you know, we've talked a lot about the the young corners there, and, and you're a young player still, obviously, uh, at safety. When you look at the defensive backs, what can make you guys good this season, in your mind? Uh, just, just uh, how we're all on the same page across the board. We're all. We're all able to make plays. We all know what's going on. We all just love being out there and just flying around having fun. So just, just that connection. Just as we keep playing, we just keep building that chemistry and just keep developing our games and stuff. 
I think we'll be able to be pretty special. Getting Rodney Thomas the second. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. It is year two for him, starting safety coming up this Sunday against Jacksonville. Rodney, every position you played at Yale, uh, feel free to share that resume with us. Because if I remember correctly, when you got drafted, it was like, wait, is he a corner? Didn't he play linebacker at one point? So what was yeah. the Yale football experience like for you? Uh, when I came in, I came in at corner. They told they told me I was gonna like move to safety, so I had already knew that like coming in. So when they told me my first year I was gonna play corner, and then I went to safety, and then it was like the same type of thing. Like we had an injury, so I ended up moving down to like outside linebacker. It was basically like nickel and outside linebacker, just depending on like package or whatever. And then uh, and then after that last year, then after uh, for the last year I went to back to safety. Did you think? kind of free safety this role that you've carved out here did you think that would ultimately be your I, I don't know if permanent home is the right word but did you think that would be your home in the NFL I was, I was willing I was willing to play anywhere I was willing to, to wherever wherever I was best at and wherever I was best able to, to help the team uh, succeed that's where I already had my mind made up that I was going to be able to play anywhere Rodney Thomas Rodney Thomas with us here on the fan on the on the wake up call. Okay, so since you went back, since KB went back to Yale in the college days, uh, obviously we know that as an academic institution, did you happen to see any of the Duke quarterback asking his professor to please give him an extension on his homework? I don't know, Riley Leonard is the quarterback's name. I don't know if you saw that and did anything like that happen at Yale with you? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I did see that, and I see he didn't get the no. attention. <laughs> but no, nah, that was we had we had we had a bunch of good teachers there, so like they used to they used to look out for us and stuff sometimes if we would ask. But we just had to we just had to be like we had to be showing some effort on our side a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> so so you may have got that extension, whereas Riley Leonard, the star quarterback, did it's not the get the Ivy extension. League. Come on now, I, yeah, I'm, he's not doing that. I'm stunned by that answer. We, we got some extensions. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't go to Duke. Look at that. <laughs> the Ivy League right there. I did not expect that. Rodney Thomas joins us, number 25, for the Colts. Rodney, what um what has life been like in practice facing Anthony Richardson? Uh, it's, been, it's been nice just seeing him, just seeing him grow, and just seeing him develop, and just seeing his game. Just uh, just as much improvement as he's made from uh, like since he got there, just to the point now. It's just been like nothing but upside, uh, nothing but upside for him. I'm excited to see him go out there and just do what he does. Were you surprised at all that he was voted a captain? Uh, no, no, I wasn't. You can tell just how he carries himself, how, how he prepares, uh, just the love he has for the game, and he just wants to he wants to showcase. His best efforts just to help the team win, just the same as the same as the rest of the team. Uh, you can't you can't deny you can't deny his work ethic. So I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm going to put you on the spot here. It, can you remember a play, a throw, a run? I know you're not tackling Anthony Richardson, obviously in practice, but can you remember a sequence where maybe he did something and you guys kind of looked at each other and said, "Yeah, that's you know that's next level. That's pretty damn good." I mean, you, you you see it every day in practice. Just like some of the throws he makes, whether it's like on the move, just back foot, just regular, just in the pocket. You just the, the balls would be right on the line. It'd be zip. It'd be right in stride. Just just looking, just looking at him. Just make plays and stuff like that. You, you just get 
you just get excited to see like what's going to happen in the future, for sure. All right, Rodney, I'm going to show a little bit of the nerd in me. Certainly, <laughs> Ivy League was not something that was in my collegiate or on my collegiate resume, but there's this show locally called The Brain Game that I'm obsessed sure. with, and how The Brain Game works is you've got these high schools squaring off. There's four members of each high school, and think of it like an academic bowl. You know, you throw different topics and, and, and questions at these kids, and, you know, the team that scores the most points wins. So, yeah. If Rodney Thomas was the captain of the Colts brain game, Ooh. you need to round out your four-man roster with three other, I, I guess I would say, intelligent people. But again, variety of topics. Um, you know, you could have some sports, some history, you know, I, I don't know, geography, et cetera, et cetera. So who would be the other three members on the Rodney Thomas brain game team? Uh, let me think. You said I got to pick three people? Yeah, you're going to be the captain, so you can wear the C on your chest for this. You know, Chuck Lofton's getting ready to, to, to host it and, and, and introduce us to your other three team members, if you don't mind. All right, let me see. I'm going to go, I'm going to stay in the DB room, too. Ooh. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go Dallas Flyers. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Tony Brown. Oh, wow. And who, who else? I'm afraid Tony brings too much energy. He'd be pressing the button just to just to press the button. Nah, he brings too much knowledge. We're gonna have all the answers <laughs> for all the questions. Let me think. And I'm gonna go JB right across from me. Okay, Julian Blackman. How about that, Andy? Very loyal to your defensive I, back room. I, I, I there. was about to say, did you just suck up to the guys in the same defensive back room as you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nah, I, I'm kidding. I know them guys. I know they're gonna help me win. We're gonna get that win. <laughs> Rodney Thomas with us here on the fan. What have you seen facing this uh, this uh, Shane Steichen offense, uh, wide receiver wise, running back wise? Obviously, no Jonathan Taylor. What have you seen as a defensive player from the offense besides Anthony Richardson? I guess uh, just the playmaking ability. Like we got we got playmakers in, in like you said, at the quarterback, uh, at the wide receiver, at the running back. Our line is nice. Like I'm just I'm just excited to see uh, everything that they have in store. Uh, going against our practice has just been it's been challenging uh, with the with like the bunch of like misdirection with uh, you have to worry about this you have to worry about that like everybody's eleven on eleven football especially with a mobile quarterback in the back so uh, I'm just real excited to see the different directions that they take it and the plays that uh, plays that they're going to make. Rodney, we'll end with this and appreciate the time here on this Thursday morning as you guys get ready for the opener. Um, I thought. Arguably, the, the the highlight of the season last year was your interception in the season finale. Um, I, I remember us talking about it on these airwaves of you know what would you want to see in the final Colts game and everything that you went through with Demar Hamlin, your high school teammate, having to watch that unfold, driving down to Cincinnati, visiting him in the hospital, and then for you to get an interception in that game, and we saw your reaction afterwards. If you don't mind, could you share what that week was like visiting him and then, and then capping it with that interception? Uh, yeah, it was just it was a bunch of things going on, as you probably know, just that whole week. Uh, ups and downs, stuff like that, but I just had to just, just focus on the game, just focus on the game plan and stuff, uh, just making sure like he was good like back home and making progress. And then, uh, and then yeah, like you say, I just ended up just making a couple plays and stuff in the game, so I just, I just took that just took that time to uh, just to celebrate him a little bit, uh, just do something for him. Yeah, it was a hell of a story there to cap the season. He's off. back playing. He is back. He's on the field, certainly. man. Yeah, yeah, he is it's back. Unbelievable. That'll be a, 
That'll be a Monday night, or again, the Bills and the Jets to round out week one. Rodney, good luck this season, man. Appreciate you waking up with us and uh, Thanks, Rodney. hopping on air. And, uh, no problem. Appreciate it. Enjoy Sunday afternoon. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Richardson Division for this 2023 season. We'll dive into those as well. Again, it's a wake-up call. KB and Andy on 93.5107.5. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Fan. <laughs> We're fueled by rum this morning. Something littered Skinner and I think Limp Biscuit from Jacksonville. <laughs> you know what? That's what I or think. Papa Roach if Kevin's. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Kevin's taking a vote. I'd love some. You know, they're playing like pretty soon. And like, uh, what, oh, we got to go. Yeah, you, we got to go around. No, not here. I think uh, they're oh. playing. Oh, the big fest uh, down in Louisville. They're playing. It's like a Friday night, too. It's a Friday or a Saturday night. I can't sure, remember sure. which one. So we do a little uh, little show uh, on the road to go see Limp Biscuit together. That'd be an odd thing to do. I'll bring the rum shot. Uh, hanging out with you in the drivehubler.com studios. It is the wake up call on this Thursday. We get closer and closer to football tonight. And then obviously, the Colts and Jags, all that coverage beginning. My man JMV, 9 a.m. on Sunday. KB usually go on with him about 9.15, so we can do a shameless promotion sure. uh, on that. So, no it's problem to when do, we hop on, yeah, no problem hop on to do that. Uh, let's head on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Mike Duraco joins us from ESPN.com following uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars as they'll be making their way down here to Lucas Oil. Uh, Mike, first of all, good morning. Second of all, I would have to imagine this is the most excitement around this football team since when do you think maybe 2017 something like that yeah really probably 2000 well first of all sorry good morning fellas uh but yeah first most excitement since 2018 you know they came off that afc title game appearance in 17 and they had that big um you know big time defense full of all those playmakers and the 2018 season everybody was sort of around here was sort of expecting them to make a run to the super bowl it obviously didn't happen and it's been pretty much downhill since then until last year anyway. Mike, I kind of want to flip it a little bit here. I mean, obviously you guys, I assume, in that part of the state of Florida watched a decent amount of Florida Gator football. Anthony Richardson, a Gainesville product from Eastside High School there. What is the general feeling uh, of Anthony Richardson, like ex-Florida Gator, starting here on Sunday afternoon? Well, you want the logical view or the ex-angry Florida Gator view? Because, uh, uh, yeah, both of them. Uh, well, the ex-angry Florida Gator view uh, is, uh, thank God he's in a division rival uh, because there's uh, no way that he's going to be a successful NFL quarterback. That's the angry Florida Gator <laughs> fan view. The, the, the logical view, the one, the one that like most of us take, is there's it's a tremendous amount of athleticism, a tremendous amount of potential. His ceiling is so high, but until you can kind of handle it mentally and prove you can handle it mentally, because we all know it's a bigger mental grind than physical grind. It's sort of a, you know, gee, is it all just going to be potential or can he reach it? Um, you know, and I think with him, I'm expecting to see this year a lot of what I saw when I watched him play last year, which is two or three throws where you go, what was that? 
you know, three or four throws where you go, whew, not many guys can make that throw. And then, you know, some, you know, average stuff in between, but he's going to make a bunch of plays with his legs. And if you're the Jags or your other teams, the thing you don't want to do is let him beat you with his legs. you got to keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball, and I think that's what the Jags are going to do, certainly uh, in the opener on Sunday. Yeah, I think what Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence going from year one to year two, like the support system around Lawrence, I feel like changed so much, whether it's Doug Peterson's arrival, obviously the offseason moves that got a lot of scrutiny early on, and then Jacksonville got the last laugh. If you were going to talk support system for Anthony Richardson at Florida, from Dan Mullen to Billy Napier, I don't think they had a single skill player drafted off that team. Like, How much was that a factor in some clear inconsistency to borderline poor play? Yeah, no, it was it was certainly a factor. I mean, I covered the University of Florida for 13 years before I started doing the Jaguars from 2000 to 2012, um, and they had really good skill position players back then. Uh, and and it's it's amazing to me the dearth of talent, uh, especially at the skill positions on that roster over the last four, five, six years. Um, when you consider it's Florida, we're, we're, we live in a state here where there's, I mean, they grow wide receivers on trees. All you got to do is just walk over to a high school and pluck one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was a factor for sure. Uh, but, but I also think, you know, he's not very experienced either. Um, you know, they basically started that one year at Florida. Um, and, you know, it, it's it, when you watched him play, it was uh, he just wasn't he didn't look like a quarterback. He looked like an athletic guy playing quarterback. And you could see that there are some definite quarterback traits that you love in there, and you, and you can see that he's got all the, the, the tools in terms of the physical tools. I mean, his, his arm's a cannon, um, and, you know, he moves really well. Uh, so, I mean, I think everything's there. Um, but, but, again, like you mentioned, he didn't have it at Florida. And, you know, if I'm Anthony Richardson, I'm probably sitting there going, great, we got no Jonathan Taylor today? I mean, <laughs> right. like, what are we doing here? Like, I thought this would be helpful for me. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a factor. And, and his growth could be a lot like what Trevor's was, uh, as long as you can get him some help. Mike Duraco with us. He's from ESPN.com. Uh, it's the fan hanging out with you on this Thursday on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you can just go back and, boy, you can look at year number one, and then you, you can look at the new staff arrives, uh, and you can look at the numbers year number two. Uh, you know, completion percentage up, yards up, interceptions down, touchdowns up, average of throw up, QBR up 17, uh, 18 points. The next step for Trevor Lawrence is what in your mind putting it together for a full season because if you remember last year he was not very good in the first half of the season um uh, you know especially he lost a home game to the texans i mean are you kidding me um that was an inexcusable loss he he threw two end zone interceptions on the same play uh one against the texans one against the broncos in london Uh, he just didn't look right and you know flip the switch in the second half it all just finally started to click for him so the next step for him is to kind of play the way he played in the second half last year all year this year and start games fast so you don't have to sit there and rally in the fourth quarter again that's that's the other big thing and you know everyone talks about the the playoff win over the chargers after going down 27-0 but you know they had to rally in the fourth quarter to beat the ravens they had to rally in the fourth quarter to beat the uh, the raiders uh, rally in the fourth quarter to tie the game and force overtime against the Cowboys where they eventually won on a pick six. So play consistently all year and get off to some fast starts. That'll be the next level for him. 
Mike Taracos with us, CSPN.com. Again, longtime cover in that area, uh, but of the Jags here for about the past decade or so. Mike, if I are a, if I'm a Colts fan and I'm looking at Sunday and thinking, okay, how does this game become competitive in the fourth quarter? I think an advantage the Colts should have is their D line versus Jacksonville's offensive line. Am I overplaying that storyline slash no Cam Robinson here for the first few games of the season? Um, no, I, I mean, that is a concern for sure. I mean, Walker Little, who will start at left tackle, had a really great camp, but groin injury the, before the final preseason game was held out as a precaution, not on the injury report this week, so far anyway, so let's see if that still bothers him. Um, but Ben Barch is the left guard, and he only really had about two weeks of full contact coming off a of pup after a really severe knee injury last year. So there's some concerns on that side for sure. Anton Harrison is a right tackle. Uh, the rookie, 27th overall pick, he played right tackle in college one game. Uh, found out like 20 minutes before the kickoff that he was going to have to play right tackle and did okay, but that's certainly a different beast than it is here sure, for sure in the NFL. So um, yeah, that would be a concern. I think the other concern uh, for the Jags or another way that this game becomes tight in the fourth quarter is – if they do let Richardson get free and make a couple of plays with his legs. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean running it. Uh, you know, I've seen him at Florida. He's on the move and he flicks it and it's a 40 yard, you know, throw on the rope. Uh, and that's what you can't have if you're the Jags. You can't have him free making plays like that because I think that's when he's at his best right now. Mike, it, it, maybe it's more of a, an indictment of the AFC South and the wideout group, but part of me is like, wow, is Calvin Ridley about to walk in and be the number one receiver in the AFC South? Uh, I guess, is he the number one receiver for Jacksonville? Yeah, without question uh, here with the Jags. And he, you know, outside of Trevor Lawrence, he was the most impressive offensive player in Campbell, uh, you know, the whole time. And, uh, you know, I think last in the final preseason game, you saw the kind of playmaker he can be. You know, there's questions. Two years off, it'll be 23 months between games when he plays on Sunday. 23 months between games. And that's a long, long time. Uh, but no sign of rust at all. And Trevor Lawrence getting smacked in the mouth on a blitz, held the ball as long as he could and put it up down the left sideline for Calvin Ridley to go make a play. And Ridley made a play. Somehow came back, made the catch and got both feet in. So that's the kind of playmaker he can be, and, and that just opens – when you've got that guy, it opens everything else up for Kirk and Zay Jones and or Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. All three of those guys set career highs in, in catches and yards last year. So this offense has the potential to be exceptionally explosive, even without Ridley. Now you add a guy who is a 1,300-yard receiver two years ago or three years ago. Uh, yeah, it could really be one of the top three offenses in the league. Uh, listen, I agree with you, Mike. To me, Ridley is one of the more uh, just big stories in the NFL with that huge suspension, and he could walk right in, obviously, to Jacksonville here and have a good year. Where is he Where is he mentally not playing for two years and really kind of being the poster boy to getting in trouble with gambling and everything else with the NFL? Yeah, you know, I've talked to some people about that, asked some people about that, because that's a big concern. Sure, physically, he's you know as good as he ever was. Uh, but the people I've spoken with said he's in a great frame of mind mentally right now. All that stuff's behind him. You know, he wrote about it in the Players' Tribune, and there was some additional stuff in addition to the gambling that sort of bothered him mentally. Um, you know, playing through an injury, finding out it was a broken foot instead of a sprain, feeling like maybe the Falcons kind of hid that from him or, you know, didn't get him the proper treatment. And then there was a break-in at his home, uh, and that messed with his head. But he's 
seems to be, and from what I've been told from people I've spoken with, in a great frame of mind right now and just like chomping at the bit to get this season here so he can just start playing again, which is something he's obviously missed. Again, coming up on Sunday, it is the Colts and Jags, 1 o'clock kick. Jacksonville favored by 5 in that one. Mike, safe travels up here, and uh, we'll see you in the press box on Sunday. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks, guys. All right, I'm picking. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Right now, and we're hosting radio. KB, you want to take over? Yeah, I got to figure. Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah, figure yeah. out who I'm going to take here. Uh, Josh Larkin, ten from seconds. The thirty third team. We had him on a few weeks ago. I feel like Josh is going to. He will appreciate us doing a fantasy draft mid show. Josh, do you have some respect for that, please? Oh, please. absolutely. The, you, you guys are my people. I, I'm very. I feel very welcome here. So I, I'm ready for. for for, t- for today's segment. Okay, let's throw a, a listener question to get you started here, and this is in relation to tonight. Obviously, when inactives come out, you can probably hold off on it, but Jim wants to know Travis Kelsey or Sky Moore for tonight. Assuming Travis Kelsey plays, I would start Travis Kelsey over Sky Moore. I actually don't necessarily think... That, that, that Travis Kelsey is definitely outscoring Sky Moore, given the hyperextended knee. However, Travis Kelsey has the, the special skill that we all love. He's tight end eligible. And you just don't need as many points in the tight end slot. So even if I think Kelsey might be a little hobbled if he plays, that, that is my preferred option, throwing him right into the tight end slot. If he doesn't play, if Kelsey doesn't play, it then opens up, you know, uh, wide receivers to be more part of the receiving effort there in Kansas City. Kadarius Tony is always injured, could be on a pitch count. You you throw him out there, maybe if you're in a deeper league, or you leave him alone altogether. And again, this is if Travis Kelsey does not play. If Travis Kelsey sits, the the two Chiefs receiving players that I'm comfortable starting no matter what would be Sky Moore, full-time slot player. We saw Juju have 78 catches, over 900 yards last year. The only reason we didn't love Juju in fantasy last year, he only scored three times. I think that's not going to happen with another full season of a slot receiver attached to Mahomes. So I really like Sky Moore. The other guy I would definitely start would be Noah Gray. Okay, He would essentially be Travis Kelsey's backup. Noah Gray is actually a, a fairly athletic young tight end. And he, he he's flashed at times on the field. I don't think he's giving you Travis Kelsey numbers, but the, this team is so dependent on that player that, that I think he can get you five for 50, which is generally a pretty good day at tight end. Josh, Darius, Tony, go ahead, I, sorry. I, I would, this is a tough one. I, in a deeper league, I would just throw him out there because we know that he's got a pretty massive upside given that anytime he's on the field, the Chiefs feature him. He's heavily targeted. They like him at the goal line mm-hmm. with, with different uh, run plays, little little like interesting wrinkles that they'll do with him. But I'd say that he, if you're not of the faint of heart and you're in just a, a typical 12-team league with one flex, I wouldn't put him in that flex spot. Josh, here in week one, any like good defensive matchups in particular you, you like? I know there are some leagues out there where you know you have teams that literally just pluck off the waiver wire week in and week out for their defense. I don't know if that's the best method, but A, do you agree with that method? B, any defensive matchups that you like in particular? 
that's usually the the method I go with. So I assume at this point that no one's living in the Stone Age, and we all know that the Cardinals are tanking. <laughs> and assuming that we all know that, the Commanders are a great week one play. But unfortunately, your league mates probably know that, so you want something a little deeper. I've got a couple options. One of them is the Seahawks. I actually picked them up off waivers yesterday in one of my leagues. The Seahawks face the Rams. The Rams have a bad offensive line. They could get dominated in the trenches all game. And Cooper Cup has been ruled out. I am going to bet against Stafford when he is throwing to Van Jefferson, Puka Nakua, uh, Tyler Higby. It is a 2-2 Atwell. It's a motley crew there. Seahawks are teed up to smash. And then one more name for the, the deep deep leagues if you're like josh my my waiver wire is barren i i would roll out the falcons the, the falcons were a bad defense last year they fortified several position groups in the off season with free agency and the drafts and they face the carolina panthers which means bryce young's first nfl game i am going to bet against a rookie quarterback in his first nfl game when he doesn't have very good pass catching weapons like bryce young so the falcons if you're in a pinch will work this week. Josh Larkey with us. I, you know, this is kind of a two-parter. You have your week one rankings up there at the 33rd team. Love the stuff, by the way. Whether it be week one rankings uh, or obviously people drafting like we are right now or have been drafting the last few days, what are the prevalent question or questions that are coming to you that people uh, seem to have as we head into this NFL season? One of the big ones is it's so many start sets cross positionally. So people will basically be like, I've got a running back that I like, and I've got a receiver that I like. And what I generally like to say is if you're in a league that's PPR, where you get a full point per reception, and you're on the fence about two options, just lean towards the receiver. If you're in a standard league, lean towards the running back. And then half PPR, you can just be filled with anxiety. Because I wouldn't say that there's any easy system cross-positionally when sometimes you're like, oh, man, these, these two guys both look pretty good. So I would say that in general, don't stress too much about start sits. Generally, those, those are going to even out in the long run. I think a lot of people assume that every single uh, pick they make will be wrong. You could also then assume <laughs> That's that UKB. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually you're going to get half right and half wrong. So I, I don't think people should actually worry quite as much about those start sits. But every Sunday morning, I do answer about 100 start sets for the people. So I'll do it anyway, even if I don't believe in it. Oh, it's grueling. No, the, the start set is grueling. Okay, this is just selfish because around, we were talking during the break, or maybe it was even on air. KB goes, do I take Cole Komet? He sat there for 30 seconds. Our clock is 30 seconds, Josh. And he goes, do I take Cole Komet? I took Komet? Dalton Schultz over so, him. So he did not take Cole Komet. So a round or two later, I did as my backup tight end. You have him 20th. Is this the breakout year for Cole Komet? Unfortunately for you, I, I don't believe this is oh, Cole sorry, Komet's Mark. breakout year. Yeah. I, I like to think that <laughs> Cole Komet's a good NFL tight end. I, I would not say he's a great one. I believe that his volume the past two years has been a product of nobody else being there. We we should have a healthy uh, Darnell Mooney, a healthy Chase Claypool. DJ Moore is now in town. There's a good chance Cole Komet's the fourth option in an offense led by Justin Fields, which won't be passing very much. So I, I'm open to being wrong on opening day, and then all of a sudden we go, wow, Cole Komet's there. They're, they're number two target. This looks great. I, I would lean towards... 
part of why he got paid is that he's a good all-purpose tight end. He does the blocking. I, I don't think this is going to be a guy we want to start each week. But I, I'm open to week one and being wrong on that. Personally, would not have taken it. <laughs> Again, Josh Larkin's with us here from the 33rd team. Adam on a few weeks ago. Great fantasy insight from him as we get you set for tonight's season opener and obviously week one coming up this weekend. I know you don't love the start sits, but we did have a um, listener chime in wanting to know Michael Pittman Jr. or Mike Evans. So the answer there, and just in general, I guess how you view Pittman, because I think unquestionably he's the number one wide out here, but we just had a fantasy draft, and even in a mm-hmm. you know homer market like this, I don't think he went until round eight. I would lean Mike Evans here. And I say lean because I have them only four spots apart in my rankings. And uh, one one thing that I think everyone needs to be aware of is that someone like myself, even though I do this full-time, I do not have the script. I do not know how these NFL games are going to go. So I can, I can prognosticate. I will not always be right. But I, I do prefer Mike Evans, and I'll, I'll kind of lay out why. So Mike Evans, just in general, has a better track record than Michael Pittman. And Mike Evans, yeah, we don't love the quarterback in Baker Mayfield, but he's a professional quarterback. The, the former first overall pick, he's played in the league for half a decade. And Mike Evans gets the Vikings. The, the Vikings, just like last year, should be one of the bottom five, bottom ten pass defenses. That, to me, is something that I'd really like to lean in on. I, I believe the, the Buccaneers are going to have to pass. It's a narrow, narrow target tree. It's just... Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. There's not really like a, a third receiver knocking on the door there. And then with the Colts, I like I said earlier, we're, we're, we're playing the Falcons defense to attack Bryce Young's first NFL game. In Anthony Richardson's first NFL game, I have to imagine the game plan is going to be simple. And usually a very simple game plan is not going to benefit the pass catchers. I, I think Michael Pittman leads the team in targets. I think that could end up being six targets, four catches, 50 yards. So I'm just a little bit less optimistic about this Colts team that's going to be dealing with a Jaguars defense that's not great, but they do have a ton of speed. And I think that that could actually be a problem for the Colts who are kind of built around the speed and athleticism of new quarterback Anthony Richardson. Josh Larkey joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. It's the fan on a Thursday. Couple more. Uh, you have Calvin Ridley at fourteen. We've talked about him. Obviously, the matchup with that young defense, that young defensive backfield uh, with the Colts. He's also been out damn near two years. He moves in though, wide receiver number one in Jacksonville. What do you make of him? You have him fourteenth, so that's pretty high. And then, like, and this is listen, guys. This is selfish. I have Raheem Mostert, and he's probably a bench player. But with Jeff Wilson Jr. injured uh, there, uh, is is Mostert a, a must start? You have him 16th. What do you do with uh, that? You know that that backfield there in Miami. Yeah, so with Ridley, I put him wide receiver 14. I'm basically telling you that no matter how your roster is constructed, you should be starting this guy in Week One. I'm, I'm not too concerned about the two year layoff. Receiver is an easier position than something like quarterback. So Ridley, uh, not super concerned. You should start him. If we move to Mostert, I do have him RB16. He faces the Chargers. Last year, the Chargers were the worst run defense in the NFL. They allowed 5.6. That is not made up. They allowed 5.6 yards per carry to running backs last year. Do I think they're going to be quite that bad? Absolutely not. That was borderline historic. Do I think they're still one of the worst run defenses? Yes. 
the, the Chargers have kind of set up their, their team from a personnel perspective to be very good against the pass. And they're still kind of inviting teams to run the ball. And when we look at Miami, it's it's really just Raheem Mostert that's in line for carries. Yeah. Uh, the rookie, Devon Achain, is a pass catcher. He's extremely undersized. He had an AC joint sprain in the preseason, so he's barely practiced the past month. And then the next running back on the depth chart is Salvin Ahmed. Salvin Ahmed does not fit what the Dolphins want to do. The Dolphins want to beat you with speed on the ground. That is why they have former sprinter from college, Raheem Mostert. Former sprinter from college, the rookie, Devon Achain. Salvan Ahmed ran a 4.6240 time, which is incredibly below average at the running back position. Hard for me to see him getting too much work when he really just doesn't fit what they're trying to do. I, I think Raheem Mostert's going to give you 15 carries, two, three targets, and be one of the more used running backs for week one. All right, Josh, last one from me. And again, listener Drew has chimed in here with a running back one. Um, Jamal Williams in a new home, Brees Hall with the Jets, or Dalvin Cook with the Jets? That's a great question. I I have Jamal Williams comfortably ahead of the Jets duo. And it's kind of because I'm not quite sure how the Jets workload is going to shake out. But I'll tell you this. Jamal Williams is going to get almost all the carries in New Orleans. Alvin Kamara suspended these first three weeks. The rookie Kendra Miller has dealt with two knee springs. That is not a, a player that I'm interested in. I, he might not even play in week one. I, I really don't even know who else is there at this point. It's Jamal Williams going to be kind of gift-wrapped, 20 touches in this game. And the uncertainty with how the Bruce Hall-Delvin Cook split goes, especially when it's also kind of a tough matchup with Buffalo, then I'm just going to lean into the, to the volume, and we're, we're going with Jamal Williams for week one. All right, last one for me, and we'll get you out of here. Josh Larkey, again, the 33rd team. Go check out his rankings. Uh, you know, it's not behind a paywall. You can go check out his information, and it's some great stuff. And this may not be for the season, but let's just say week one, because by now everybody basically has their drafts finished. We're the last one sitting here at 942 on a Thursday uh, as, a, as the NFL season begins. Who's the most overrated, uh, you know, overdrafted player drafted too high player maybe right now that you've pegged for this season oh goodness uh the people they they never like the answers because it always feels like a direct attack to, at the team that took them i will go with Devonte adams Devonte adams has been excellent mm. he's always been excellent except he has the worst quarterback of his career in jimmy garoppolo some people might say i think jimmy garoppolo had some decent stats with the 49ers well, he actually had worse stats than what Brock Purdy did last year. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the last round of last year's draft. Shows up out of nowhere and puts up numbers because the quarterback scheme with the 49ers is so, so friendly. I think Jimmy Garoppolo behind a shaky offensive line where he's not throwing to all these yards after catch monsters like Debo Samuel, George Kittle. I think Jimmy struggles, and I think Devontae Adams, who's now in his 30s, mm-hmm. is going to be kind of the the big guy that, that, that suffers here, where last year, the only reason he got there in fantasy is he had 180 targets. He only caught 55%. I, I think he once again catches about 55% of his targets. They're I think they're pretty inaccurate. And I think the, the volume in general just comes crashing down so Devonta Adams looks like a fringe wide receiver one wide receiver two and does not reach his ADP 
Uh, what, can we do this with Larky before we get him out of here? Do you guys want to read your? Do we want to read our teams off to him? No, R- real quick. Oh, well, okay. this is going to be very All difficult right. for him, you know, because uh, you know we're going to list fifteen players here. I but how, this is going. <laughs> how about just the starters? Okay. I, I don't want to well, bog I mean, him down. My too bench much is here. so damn good. Oh, you know, yeah, you that's going to help you out a lot. Right, here's my team. You ready? Uh, fields, ready. Fields, and this is Andy, by the way, yes. Josh. Just so you know, everybody's team. Yes, Go ahead. This is Andy Sweeney. Justin Fields, Bajan Robinson, Travis Etienne, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, George Pickens, Dalton Kincaid, Alexander Madison, Jets defense, Graham Gano, and then my noticeable, my notable guys. Uh, I got Jeez. I got El Greer to back up Bajan Robinson just in case. I got Javante Williams and Jahan Dotson. I'm feeling Maybe good. Thirty people oh, there. How good's that, Josh? I got Tua. I got Nick Chubb. This is Kevin, by the way. I got Tua, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Dalton. Schultz, Cortland Sutton, I'll name one bench player. That's Alvin Kamara. There you go. Mark? I feel like he probably hung up. He's oh, yeah, like, he, he did. Doesn't no, no. Larky's still there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sur- I'm still surviving. I've held my breath this whole time. Let's hear the third team. Okay, here's mine. Justin Herbert, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf, Evan Ingram, Cam Akers, Bill's defense, Young Ho Koo at kicker. Oh, well, there's Ooh. the difference. I, I actually I like all these teams. I am going to have to do a slight lean to Andy's team. Yeah. Maybe that's because he read off his bench. I was going to yeah. say, I read yeah. off the yeah. bench. That's what it. was going on there? So you I thought was, he was starting fifteen people. It's all about depth. Yeah, I'll go with Andy with the caveat <laughs> that I, I maybe I knew too much. <laughs> actually thought Mark's team was decent. There. Uh, Josh, oh, outstanding stuff, man. Thank you for hopping on with us again. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.